All right. I just want to if you uh, say hi to everybody who's out there. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity I have to be here. Pastor Tim here, by the way. Um, I say that what we do is we take a look <coughs> of the Word of God for this Bible study. And um, that as we do that, we just kind of have an open conversation and dialogue. That's usually what we do on these sessions. We have pretty open dialogue, pretty open discussion um, as we take a look at the Word of God. So um, that's what I think that we will we'll focus on for today. But um, with that being said, why don't we go ahead and jump into it? So Jeremiah 31 and 31. Um, I would turn there, and the context that will be helpful for you to understand is that in this part of the Scripture, what we see is that the Lord uh, is doing a lot in terms of um, the Lord is doing a lot, basically, in terms of speaking to the people of Israel and explaining to them some of his displeasure with the way that they have been conducting themselves. They've been really turning away from the Lord. Um, but we also see in these passages a lot about God's restoration and the heart that God has for his children. And so I wanted to really point that out to you. And I want for us to read, you know, about that and learn more, you know, from that. So let's turn, if we can, to Jeremiah 31 um, and verse 30. It says in Jeremiah 31, 31. And actually, I just feel led just to continue to pray for a second because I feel as though, you know, we probably need a moment of just like prayer that um, our minds will be in it, will be focused. I just sense in the spirit that... Um, it makes sense for us to just pray that prayer over us that, you know, we'd be able to zero in on God, that no plan of the enemy, that no plan um, of distraction will be able to prevail against us today. But Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that you just guard the minds of your children. Uh, we come against all fear in the name of Jesus because your word says you didn't give us a spirit of fear but power, love, and a sound mind. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we would be able to stay focused today on your word that even as um, people, you know, wherever they may be throughout this country, uh, listen in um, and participate, that they would be able to feel free to focus on the things of God. And we look forward to this time that we have uh, to be able to spend with you today. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we bind the work of the enemy. We know that our minds belong fully to Christ. We know, Heavenly Father, that our minds are secure. We know that our bodies are, are, are in right standing or in good standing. And we ask, Heavenly Father, right now that you would just have your way in us. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we have prayed, and amen. So Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31. It says, The day will come, says the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke the covenant, but they broke that covenant. Though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their families, saying, You should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will already know me, says the Lord. And I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their 
sinned. It is the Lord who provides the sun to light the day and the moon and stars to light the night. It is he who stirs the sea into roaring waves. His name is the Lord Almighty, and this is what he says. I am as likely to reject my people of Israel as I am to do away with the laws of nature. Just as the heavens cannot be measured and the foundation of the earth cannot be explored, so I will not consider casting them away forever for their sins. I, the Lord, have spoken. So I wanted to start there and see if anybody, whether you're on Facebook, if you're watching, put your comments in the chat, or whether you're here live with us um, on the conference line, if, if any of those words we read really resonates with you, if you wouldn't mind sharing your, your views on um, sort of what, what you take away or what you learned um, from look, reading that passage of Scripture about the Lord and this new covenant that he's interested in making with his people. Anybody have any thoughts about that, commentary about that, even questions about that, if it's kind of confusing or difficult to understand? By the way, your lines for those on the conference line are unmuted. You can just speak up whenever you feel like you'd like to. But I wanted to give you a moment to kind of chime in if you feel interested in doing that. And I'll share a couple of thoughts, but um, I would also be just welcome anybody else's uh, kind of feedback before I jump in. But um, if not, let me let me jump in and say a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, uh, one of the, the key things that we see um, looking at this passage of scripture um, is, is that. Um, the Lord has an interest, without a doubt, in ensuring that his people are restored to their rightful place. He's not interested in holding a grudge or in not forgiving sins. It says, and I will forgive their wickedness and never again remember their sins. That's what the Lord says concerning his people. And yes, this passage references the people of Israel. But realistically, we come to understand that... Um, while the Bible does reference people of Israel here, um, realistically what it's really referring to is God's people in general. Yes, in this passage he's talking about Israel, but more broadly we come to understand the Lord is speaking about his people overall. Now, we know this in part because, you know, in a certain in a passage of scripture, John the Baptist was talking to the religious leaders of the time, and they said, you know, we believe that we're saved because we're children of Abraham. And he said, you all think you're saved because you're children of Abraham. In other words, because you're Israelites. The Lord can turn these stones here into children of Israel. In other words, John was saying, any, God can turn anyone into an Israelite. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. Being a descendant of Israel isn't really like, the main you know, point. That's not to say that God doesn't have a special place in his heart for those folks, of course, because of his covenant with Abraham. But it is to say that ultimately, and what John's point was, is that People who are real children of Abraham follow Abraham's example. And that's what the Bible was talking about. It was in, in Jesus' references as well. Those who claim to be children of Abraham will prove it, not by having a genealogical record showing that they are distantly related to Abraham or that they are Israeli, but rather through following the example of Abraham. And what was Abraham's example? It was an example of being faithful. It was an example of being faith-filled. It was an example of being somebody who loved God and trusted God and obeyed God. That is the example that Abraham set. And so when the Lord speaks about his people, Israel, 
he's talking about his people more broadly. When we're talking about who are his people, it's the people that obey him, uh, that follow him, um, that are faithful to him, that have an interest in doing his will. That's what he's talking about. In other words, he's talking about you and me to the extent that we have a desire to follow God, which all of you do. Otherwise, you would not, under any circumstances, be spending your hour um, here with all of us on this Bible study. Um, so you're God's people. We're God's people. And he says that he is not likely to reject his people. He is as likely to reject his people, it says in the word, as it would, he would be to do away with the laws of nature. So we're in Jeremiah chapter 31 in, in verse 36 right now, by the way. Isaiah chapter 31, verse 36. And we've been reading about what the Lord said to his people, the people living in Israel. And what we've taken away from that is that God's saying, look, I'm as likely to reject my people as I am to reject the sun and the moon and the stars. They're the law of gravity, right? That's how likely I am to reject my people. I'm more likely to reject the law of gravity, right? So you could throw a ball in there and just keep going up and up and up forever until it reaches the, the ozone layer or something and goes into outer space. That's literally what God's saying here. He's basically saying, in other words, there's no way I'll ever want to reject my people. And what's so interesting, if you look at this passage of scripture, and I honestly always loved this verse. It's actually one of the verses that I've loved the most, maybe anywhere in the Word. And when I read the Word, I like to underline things and highlight things, but this one's always resonated with me, and I've always asked God to, to give me this. But it says, um, I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I'll be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor need to teach their families, saying, you should know the Lord. For everyone from the least to the greatest will already know me, says the Lord. And I'll forgive their sins and wickedness, and never remember their sins. And so, I think that's just, just so important, and it speaks so much to the importance of the Lord. Um, but I think I've said a lot here. Um, I don't want to take on all, all the time speaking. If you have any comments and you're on Facebook, put them in the chat section. You should see it on the video or to the left-hand side of the screen, depending on your the way your, your um, screen is configured. And if you're on the conference line, hit star five. Hit the star icon and five to raise a hand. If you have a comment, if you have a question, um, or, or you, Cecilia, go ahead. Yeah, Pastor Tim, you have said it all. Because God is a loving God. He forgives. He never takes what we do or say in mind. It's like whatever we do and we ask for forgiveness, he's always willing to forgive. He loves all his children and he's just willing to forgive and just continue to help and bless his children. That's just yeah. my comment for now. Yeah, Cecilia, thank you for that comment. I think you're so right. You know, God is just so forgiving and he's so kind. And part of what makes it so hard to understand God is that a lot of the times we aren't as forgiving and as kind as him. And so it makes it hard for us to really reconcile how it is that the God who's the creator of the universe, the most powerful being known to exist, is so kind and so loving because human beings, we don't always follow that example. In fact, the more powerful people get, a lot of times the less merciful they get or the more arrogant they get or the less likely they are to be kind because they become 
toward themselves and haughty and you know just unwilling to um, care or consider the thought and will of other people, right? So uh, that's a significant thing for us to be thinking about. Um, when you juxtapose God's nature to the nature of man and the nature of people uh, that we happen to know, um, you see a very, very stark difference there. And that can be why so many people struggle uh, with with the notion that God is, is loving and, and willing to forgive. I know there are times in my own life where I struggle with that. I was like, how can the Lord really forgive me for X, Y, or Z, for all the things I've done? But realistically, he's so committed to it that it says he will literally put his own laws in your mind that you naturally start to want to do it. That's how committed he is to it. And he is more likely to just cause the stars to fall out of the sky than he is to actually do away with his people. And so we thank God for that, that he has that mentality and that's the way that he's wired because there's no obligation for God to be that way. And that's one of the things we talk about a lot in this church is, you know, God's not required um, to be this way. God's not required to to love us the way that he does and treat us the way that he treats us. You know, God does that, you know, out of his own loving kindness. God does that um, because um, he just wants to be good to us. That's the only reason why the Lord our God is this way. It's not because he's obligated to do so. So it's worth being thankful for. Does anybody else have any other thoughts with regard to this, Um, what we've just read so far from the word? We're in Jeremiah chapter 31, Jeremiah 31 for those who just joined. If you have a question, a comment, anything of that nature, if you have a question, a comment, anything of that nature, hit star five on your phone. Hit the star icon followed by the number five. Um, if you would like to, in any way, shape, or form, uh, weigh in with a comment, with a question, or if you have any thoughts that come to mind as you kind of consider you know, what we've read and what we've looked at here today. I just wanted to always make sure that I left you with uh, the opportunity to weigh in because I do love hearing from you all because we have a lot of really intelligent people on the line and people who have uh, been walking with the Lord for a long while. So Now, um, I want to just say a couple of additional words here. Uh, what we saw from the Word of God is very clear evidence, the clearest day, that God is not one who is interested in hurting his people. He's one who wants to restore his people. He's one who wants to see his people uh, make it through. We, we've we come to um, quite clearly um, just understand that. And so I want to make sure that I have um, articulated that, you know, well enough um, to everyone, right? But there, there's something to be said about why God gets this place. Like God's heart is naturally geared towards wanting to be kind to us, but also... You know, we have to be geared towards um, a desire to be repentant in the way that we approach the Lord, right? So the people of Israel had been living in sin. As a result, they um, were dealing with very great difficulties. And the Lord's saying, look, I know you've gone through great difficulties and been wicked, but I will forgive your wickedness and never again remember your sins if you allow me to. That's what the Lord says. That's number one. But the step that, in this case, preceded that notion or that step by God to say, I'll never remember your sins, takes place in Jeremiah 31, starting at verse 15. And I want you to see if you can pick up on something unique about what the people of Israel do and what their heart posture is, basically. And I'm going to come to you all for questions, right? So be ready to hit star five on your phone to raise a hand, to, to, to weigh in with a comment, to weigh in with a question or whatever 
you want to do here, but just be ready to weigh in when we after we read this verse. It says, Jeremiah 31, 15, this is what the Lord says, a cry of anguish is heard in Ramah, mourning and weeping unrestrained. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for her children are dead. But now the Lord says, do not weep any longer, for I will reward you. Your children will come back to you from the distant land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, says the Lord. Your children will come again to their own land. I have heard Israel say, you disciplined me severely, but I deserved it. I was like a calf that needed to be restrained for the yoke and plow. Turn me again to you and restore me, for you alone are the Lord my God. I turned away from God, but then I was sorry. I kicked myself for my stupidity. I was thoroughly ashamed of all I did in my younger days. Is not Israel my son, my darling child, says the Lord? I had to punish him, but I still love him. I long for him and surely will have mercy on him. So what do people think when they read that verse? What does that tell you about the way that the Lord is? Do you have any thoughts or comments? And again, this is a safe place where you should always know there's no wrong answer. Hit star five on your phone. Hit star five if you just want to weigh in or, or give your, your view uh, or your thoughts or what comes to mind when you read a verse like that. Because there's so much we could say. And for those of you who are on Facebook Live, you can put your comments in the chat. But for those of you who are um, with us via the contact line, hit star five uh, on your cell phone, the star icon and number five. And then what we can do is take your, your commentary or take your thoughts regarding, you know, what we've been looking at here. Um, but um, in lieu of any, you know, direct live comments, I might just go ahead and weigh in uh, with some thoughts and, and things for you all to essentially, you know, consider. I went with just some things for you all. Can you tell me right? where you are on Facebook? Who, who, what are you under on Facebook? Because I have Facebook Watch. Oh, you do? You know what I might need to do, Karina, is I might need to actually, next time I send out the invites, I need to send you the exact link because um, it's, we're on the Fulfilled Life Ministries Boston. If you go to Facebook and you go to Fulfilled Life Ministries Boston, you'll be able to find us there. Um, we okay. have a, little, a logo. Yeah, that's blue and yellow. Um, but, um, yeah, let, let me know how that goes in finding us. But I see a hand up from but Cecilia. I'd like I to make to a comment about what you just said. Um, I sure. what you're saying to me, what, what comes across from my mind is God's a merciful God. I mean, I have so many testimonies uh, in my 20s that things that even, uh, even now where he blesses me when I don't even deserve it. He's just a merciful God. He, he's a, if he's a forgiving God, that's what comes to my mind. Uh, that's great. That's a really good comment, Corinna, and I think that, that what you said is so true that one of the key comments there that some of you probably picked up on was, and I think Corinna picked up on it too, is that the Word of God literally said, which is so interesting, she said, um, you know, I kicked my, this is the people of Israel were, 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 were praying, and it was being recorded in the Word of God, and it says that they said to the Lord, I kicked myself for the decisions I made in my younger days. And I think that's something that so many of us can relate to in the Perenna, you, you probably were even alluding to there, is that sometimes when we're, you know, younger um, in times of our life, we, we make so many ridiculous choices that are go against the will of God. Um, but God, to your point, Perenna being so merciful, he washes away all those sins. And thank God he does that. Realistically, thank goodness that he does that because he has literally zero obligation to do so. And we are fortunate um, in all seriousness that he is willing to do so. 
And I just want to say that, um, yeah, like you said, the Lord is very forgiving, and he understands the phenomenon of us making bad decisions at any point in our life, particularly in our youth, and he and he accounts for that accordingly. But Cecilia, I saw you had a hand up. Go ahead, Cecilia. Yeah, you've covered my points because that was what I was about to say. With the love. If we're being, when we were younger, we did so many things, unthinkable things, never thought of the Lord, never thought of what we were doing. We made so many choices that we should not have made, but yet he forgave us. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Mm. And I'm glad you made that comment, Cecilia, and you're right. You know, you're, when you're young, a lot of times the the challenge or the problem is literally as simple as, uh, you know, essentially just not even thinking about what you're doing and making so many rash choices. But then, you know, there's that period upon which, you know, you get to a place where you, um, you, you know, you realize, you know, what you're doing is wrong. At that point, that's where the Lord really steps up and is forgiving to us, even in the midst of that. So we thank God that He's been, He's been that way. And by the way, I just want to say that if you get if we get near to that point of the night where we transition to take prayer requests, I just want you know that we are going to be doing that. So within the next five minutes or so, ten minutes maybe, depending on how the you know the question Q and A goes, um, as we kind of wrap up the session, we are going to leave some time for your prayer requests. So if you want to receive prayer. Um, be ready to hit star five to, for that later. Um, just wanted to give another reminder about that. But we're still looking in Jeremiah 31, or, but actually we're in Jeremiah 32 now. 32 and verse 36, so Jeremiah 32, 36. Yes. Now I want to say something more about this city. You've been saying it will fall to the king of Babylon through war, famine, and disease. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will surely bring my people back again from the countries where I will scatter them in fury. I will bring them back to this very city and let them live in peace and safety. They will be my people and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and mind to worship me forever, for their own good and for the good of their descendants. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, promising not to stop doing good for them. And I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. And so... Again, if anyone wants to hit star five, um, if anybody wants to hit star five, then I think that what you'll see is a um, what you'll see is a the opportunity basically to be able to um, to weigh in. Um, you'll be able to uh, to weigh in, and then you'll be able to also. Um, You'll be able to weigh in and let me know what your thoughts are about what you just read here. So we're in Jeremiah 32, verse 36. Um, and I would be interested to hear about anybody has any comments about what we just took a look at. Hit star five on your phone if you want to raise a hand. I see we had at least a couple of people, new people just join us in on the conference line and also on Facebook. So I'm going to read this verse, this verse again. And for those who don't know, on these Bible study sessions, what we like to do is take some time looking at the Word of God, reading it, accepting it, digesting it, so to speak. And then what we will also, will also do is, um, once we've read it, we spend some time just talking about it as a group. And it's a safe place here in this Bible study to share your thoughts, your insights, things that the Lord drops in your spirit, ideas you might have. It's even a safe place to question things you see in the Bible or take issue with things that you see in the Word, right? And, you know, we need to be able to openly and in a healthy way, you know, call out the questions that we might have. Um, 
you know, one thing I've always said is that when I disagree with something I see in the Word of God, I assume that the Lord is right and that I must be mistaken somehow. But that's not to say that I don't take it up with the Lord and say that um, and, and establish that there are some things that I might, you know, not be clear about or or, or have questions about or be uncomfortable with or what have you. It's okay to have an open dialogue with God about the things that you're not so certain about. Um, so this is a place where, where you're able to look at the Word and, and, and ask questions, not feel like you're asking a dumb question or anything like that. So um, there's no bad questions in, the, in a group setting like this. So hit um, um, hit star, uh, I mean, rather hit star five if you want to weigh in, if you want to say anything. Um, but let's read this one more time. Jeremiah chapter 32 and 36. It says this. Now I want to say something more about this city. You've been saying it will fall to the king of Babylon through war, famine, and disease. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will show even my people back again from the countries where I scattered them in my fury. I will bring them back to the very city and let them live in peace and safety. They will be my people, and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and mind to worship me forever, for their own good and for the good of their descendants. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, promising not to stop doing good for them. I put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they'll never leave me. I'm interested in hearing from people if, if those words resonate with you or what it makes you think of. Anybody on the conference line can raise a hand hitting star five. Anybody on Facebook Live, put your comment in the chat. I see you, Perina, for, um, that you found us on, on Facebook Live. I want to give you a special shout out. I see you putting your comments in the chat there. Um, but with that being said, I will go on to go over to take a look at anybody um, with a conference line, whatever, who has any kind of commentary about what we just taken a look at and just knowing that there's nothing right or wrong to say in this kind of a context. Um, take a look at here. See, it, there are a couple of things I would say um, in lieu of any other comments from any of you all. Is that, once again, what we see here is the length to which God is willing to go have us be his children. Um, the story of Jesus Christ is, is obviously the most clear example of God's love, where God came in the form of a man and was willing to endure torture and pain and ridicule and beatings and public shaming in order just to be able to have us have an opportunity uh, to be right with God. That's the, obviously the greatest example. And you would be hard-pressed to find a greater example of, of love anywhere in the Word of God and anywhere in the world at large. With that being said, when we read a verse like this, this is about as close as it gets to, to something like that in terms of the magnitude of it, for lack of a better term. Because think about what God's saying here. He says, I will give them one heart and mind to worship me forever for their own good, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them, promising not to stop doing good. And I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they'll never leave me. So it's a multifold promise that the Lord's giving. He says, first, I'm going to give you a heart and mind that will make you want to worship me. So not only am I saying that I'm going to forgive all your sins through Christ, but I'm also going to give you a heart and mind if you want to ask for it 
such that you will stop having the desire to do those things that draw me you away from me. Not that you won't be tempted, but you will naturally desire to do what pleases me and naturally want to repent to the extent you do anything wrong, and you'll continually improve and get more like me. You're saying, I'll make you more like me. Like, God's not saying you'll work to become more like me. He's saying, I will give you a new heart and a new mind, that you do it naturally for your own good. Like, I'm not even doing it for you. I mean, I'm not even doing it for me. I'm doing it for you, is what he's saying. I'm going to give you this new heart and new mind so that it benefits you. And he says, then I'll make an everlasting covenant, but I never have to stop doing good to you. And last but not least, I'll put a desire in your heart that you'll worship me and never leave me. So God is, is pulling out all the stops. If he's not blessing us and loving us, he's sending his only son to die for us, to forgive every single sin we've ever committed, past, present, and future. And then he's also putting within us a heart and mind that it causes us to naturally start following him, even though we wouldn't automatically do it of our own accord. And so it's just very interesting to see the level of commitment that the Lord actually has to ensuring that each and every single one of us draws nearer to him. He's willing to do whatever it takes, coming in the form of a man, transforming your heart and your mind, forgiving all sins through the blood of his son, whatever it takes is what God is going to do. And I think that's one of the most amazing things about him is that he's just willing to do whatever it takes. Now, does anybody have any comments with regard to what we just read, what we just said, anything from any parts of the night tonight? We're getting ready to wind down and spend time looking at prayer requests and then close for the night. Before we do that, I wanted to see if anybody had any thoughts Comments. Hit star five if you're on the conference line or put your comments in the chat if you're watching us on Facebook. Um, but definitely hit star icon then five if you want to say anything about what we've just been looking at. And I highly encourage it because I know we have a lot of incredibly knowledgeable people on the line here who can uh, share a lot of insights. And, you know, it's great to learn a lot from, from one another because I think that, um, uh, you know, I know I've certainly learned a lot from, from many of you with the that you share. So, um, Cecilia, go ahead. Yes, Pastor um, Tim. In spite of God, um, in spite of Him having um, shed His blood for us, where well, we should have been listening and knowing, you know, and following Him, and we've still done so much. And in spite of we doing all of that, where He should have said, "Oh, I've done this for you, and I've done that for you," and you're still doing, yet He still be, continues to be forgiving. He still continues to put words and say things and tell us what we should be doing just to follow him. I mean, that alone and all in all, we should have just been following the Lord, doing what the Lord says we should be doing, just being with him because he loves us. He keeps telling us he does in spite of what we do in our lives. We should just be serving the Lord and giving our lives to the Lord. Mm. Yeah, Cecilia, that's a great comment. I'm not sure if everybody on Facebook heard that, those who are on Facebook Live, but basically, Sister Cecilia was just articulating the fact that in light of all that God's done for us, on sending when we send to die for us, et cetera, we ought to be serving him wholeheartedly, and I couldn't agree more. 
Um, but for those who, who have missed a lot of the session or just joined in, we're in the book of Jeremiah 32, um, 31, and into a bit of, I think, into a bit of 33, uh, realistically. Um, and the, the main takeaway for us was just the fact that the Lord's so committed to having us. He's willing to do whatever it takes. And it's not dying on a cross for us. It's giving us a new heart and new mind so we can worship him as the word says here in Jeremiah. And um, the Lord says something so interesting, and it, and it says um, this in, in verse 30, um, in, in chapter 33, verse 25. But this is the Lord's reply. I would no more reject my people than I would change my law of night and day, of earth and sky. And so it's just a really interesting, you know, concept, this notion that God is like, I would more likely make it, I would more likely do away with the laws of night and, and, and day than actually get rid of my people or cast them aside. Like, it's more likely that you're going to wake up tomorrow and there will be no sun. And you'll go to bed tomorrow and there will be no moon. And that you will wake up tomorrow morning and there's no such thing as the sky. If you were going to bet a wager, God says, wager that the sky won't even be there rather than wager that I'm going to reject my people because that's how committed I am to them, that I'm not, I would rather reject the laws of nature than reject my people, actually. And I think that's just a very important um, thing to think through, um, just to help us understand how committed God is um, to not ever rejecting us or turning away from us. Now, what I want to do here is, at that time, I want to basically be able to take your prayer requests. Um, we're getting ready to wind down for the night here, but if anybody has a prayer request, um, at all, whether you've been here throughout the whole session, you just got on, whatever, we're here to pray for you. I'm sure a prayer request and you're on Facebook, put your, type it in the chat and we'll, we'll, I will pray over it. If you're here in the conference line, and then please just hit star five to raise your hand and pray for you. But I'm going to pray over us as a group and then see if any hands are up. Uh, if no hands are up for a specific individual prayer, we'll close the session. But if we do have anybody who's in need of, of, of prayer in an individual level, uh, definitely let us know. Hit star five on the conference line or put your comments in the chat if you're Facebook. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. You are good and your mercy endures forever. We ask, Father, right now, Lord God, that you'd give us a new heart to worship and follow you. We come against all spirits of fear. We come against all lying spirits. We come against every trick of the enemy to steal our peace. We bind that work in the name of Jesus. All perversion, Heavenly Father, of any form or fashion, we bind it in the name of Jesus. Anything that tries to lead us away from you, like it led your people Israel away, before, Heavenly Father, you had to give the word through Jeremiah that you would restore them. Any such spirit, Lord God, or deceptive um, force that tries to lead us away, any bad influences, Heavenly Father, that tries to draw us, Heavenly Father, out into the fray and away from you, uh, we just bind that in the name of Jesus. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you strengthen us and you find solutions for us. We pray, Heavenly Father, that every single thought that tries to control our lives unless it's deriving from the Spirit of God, that it would be gone in Jesus' mighty and precious name. We just want to say thank you, Father. You are good. We honor you. Your mercy it endures forever. We just want to lift you up. We want to exalt you. We want to magnify your matchless name in Jesus' mighty and in Jesus' precious name. We have prayed. Heavenly Father, protect your children. Protect our minds. Protect our hearts. Protect our bodies. Protect our souls. Do not let us go. I pray for everybody who's looking for advancement in their life today, that, God, you would cause each and every single one to advance, to move forward, to stay strong, 
In Jesus' mighty name, I pray for breakthroughs in every area of life, breakthroughs in careers, breakthroughs financially for people, breakthroughs, Heavenly Father, with um, families, Lord God, that there would be healings in families and that hurt relationships would, would finally be solved. In Jesus' mighty name, I just want to just say, oh, Heavenly Father, that um, you are the greatest and we have love for you. I just want to say, Heavenly Father, that um, you're the greatest, we have love for you, and we honor your mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, and amen. Um, now, I want to go to some of the hands we have up. I'm going to start with the first hand I saw. is from, um, I think it is from Alicia. Alicia, how can we pray for you? Yes, I passed this hand. This is Alicia. Um, I have, uh, hi, my niece is a teacher, and uh, one of her students, one of their students, is in the hospital. She's seven years old. Her name is Benaya. And I'm not really sure about what form of cancer on her brain, but the doctor told her mom that she only has two months to live. But we're standing wow. on God's word, and we believe, and I'm asking for a miracle for her. Her name is Benaya. And I I'm asking for a miracle, and I believe God is a miracle worker, and I know He can do a miracle for this child. So I want you all to be in agreement with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's lift that up and pray over there. So the Lord can definitely do a work, Alicia, and um, I, I have no concern about what God's capable of doing. That's no doubt, you know, for me that the Lord can handle it. So, Heavenly Father, I just pray over the life of your daughter today, Heavenly Father, who um, obviously knows Alicia and who is dealing with a dire situation, terminal cancer. Uh, we pray, Heavenly Father, for your healing angels to um, visit her tonight in her bed, um, that those angels would, would, would speak to her, would lay their hands upon her, would, would, would send forth a healing flow and anointing, you know, onto her in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Uh, we pray that the Spirit of God would rest upon uh, this daughter of yours, Lord God, that the whole family uh, would be able to experience uh, this miracle. Heavenly Father, as, as daunting as it may seem or scary as it may be, uh, one thing we know, Lord God, is that when we trust you, you never let us down. People who wait on the Lord are never put to shame. And so, Heavenly Father, despite the fact uh, that this daughter of yours has been diagnosed with a terminal form of cancer, we believe that you can reverse the curse and extend her life in Jesus' mighty name. And we pray that you would do it, Father. We ask you right now for an extension. You want us to pray. You say in your word that we have not because we ask not. But today we are asking. And what we are asking for, Heavenly Father, is a total and complete restoration, a total and complete healing, that you would totally and completely, O Heavenly Father, just establish this child of yours, establish a child of yours with a longer life, in Jesus' mighty, in Jesus' precious, in Jesus' majestic name, we have prayed, and amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we should keep us abreast of, of sort of what's happening there and uh, the circumstances. We want to keep this um, person in prayer as soon as they have some time left, um, according to what the doctors are saying. But we know um, the Lord can extend that time. So thank you for that. And I want to go over to another handout from Minister Stacy. Hey, Minister Stacy. Hi, Pastor Tim. How are you? I would like Great. for you to pray with good. So glad to hear that. I would love for you to pray for those in need of salvation and for anyone who has received the diagnosis of hypertension, high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. 
Heavenly Father, we just want to start by just praying for the lost. We pray, Heavenly, you'd save their souls, Lord. It's a very serious matter, Lord God, to save a soul. Nobody has anything of more value than their soul because it lasts forever. People have mansions and cars and bank accounts and 401ks, but they don't have anything of more worth than a soul. Their, their soul will literally last forever. And we ask, Heavenly Father, you save these souls that are out there, Lord God. Many of them don't understand what's at stake. And many of them who do understand scoff at it because they don't take it seriously. They don't realize that you're not playing around when you say, oh, Heavenly Father, that you're going to welcome all your children and cast, you know, Heavenly Father, all the useless parts, the the chaff out into the fire. They don't understand that. And so they scoff and they make fun of the things of God because they don't understand it. They don't realize how dire the situation is. They don't realize that you're not bluffing. And Heavenly Father, even if they are told, sometimes they can be hard-hearted, Lord God, but the word says that sometimes the enemy comes and he snatches the seed from those who hear the word. He snatches it. So we rebuke the devourer and the one who wants to snatch that word from their ears. And we ask you, Father, to establish those people, those children of yours, Lord God, who we know you want to receive the word. Heavenly Father, strengthen them, lift them up, Lord God, and call them back to yourself. And may souls be saved all across this planet. And may more and more enter the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. And amen. At the same time, Lord God, anybody with hypertension, high blood pressure, which can be a life-threatening condition, we pray against that in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for healings for all of our bodies, our minds, our souls, Lord God. We just pray for healings right now. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, in the mighty and precious name of Christ, we ask, O Heavenly Father, that you, O Lord God, uh, would cause a healing in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would cause healings for them in Jesus' mighty and precious name, that you would allow their blood to become regulated, Lord God, and to be, um, come, you know, um, regular levels of blood pressure in the mighty name of Jesus. We ask, Father, for your miracle to be done for all those people with high blood pressure right now, Lord God. Heal them. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed, and amen. Amen. Thanks, Mr. Stacey. Um, Cecilia, I see you have the last hand up. Yes, I want to you to pray for one of my patients who was discharged home today. After I left last night, he, I mean, he said so many wonderful things. was so happy. Blessed me with so many wonderful words. And he has Parkinson's, his name is Chris. I would like to pray for against the spirit of infirmity for him. Yes. Um, Heavenly Father, we just pray against the spirit of infirmity, which is affected Louise. He's been a blessing to our, our sister Cecilia, and he's such a great and, and wonderful man, and you know him inside and out, Lord God, but we just ask you just bless Louise. We pray for his salvation, that Louise would uh, know you and be in good stead with you before uh, the time is passing. He may have Parkinson's, but that uh, doesn't fully define him or who he is as a person. Lord God, we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would just uh, forgive Luis for any wrongdoing, and, and we pray that he would uh, come to a place where God of knowing you in, in a deeper way in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. And we just want to pray for your blessing over him, your hand of favor over him, your angels uplift him and protect him and for your strength to always be upon him, and that your strength, O Lord God, would make him new and make him refined 
and make him all that he's called to be. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, we thank you for the life of this son of yours. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we have prayed, O Lord, and amen. Thank you so much, Cecilia. Um, What I want to do here is wrap us with just a final word of prayer over you all before we close for the day. Um, Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up all of your children, wherever they may be. We ask, O Lord God, that you would bless them and look after them. Keep each of us safe. Advance us, Lord God, and enhance us. Increase our territory, Lord. But also, Lord, protect us from evil, perceived or real. In the mighty name of Jesus, keep us safe in our mind space, in our physical space. Help us, Lord God, to be at peace and not to be worried, not to be concerned, not to be overwhelmed, but to be in good stead, be standing firm. Lord God, we defeat every work of the enemy, every fear, every anxiety, all forms of depression that afflict so many people in this country. We just thank you, Father, for your victory over all these liars and all these foul spirits and all the things that try to put us under stress, stress or pressure. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Um, having said that, I want to close by just saying that I love you all. Can't wait to hear from you all um, next time. And I look forward to having the chance to chat with you soon. I'm going to unmute everybody so you don't say goodnight as well. But first, I want to say night to everybody on Facebook. I'm ending the video for the night. But, you know, I love you, all my Facebook people. We'll talk again soon.